I'm Dan Walters. And I'm Anthony Peters. This is the No Ideas Podcast. Welcome to episode 15 of the No Ideas Podcast. Uh, this month we spoke to the incredible artist Camille Walala. Yeah, we had a, a great time uh, visiting Camille, didn't we, in London? Yeah, amazing train journey on the way up. <laughs> there was uh, a woman who, once she got on the busy train, spilled her th- thermos, giant family-sized thermos all over the place uh, on the table we were sat at. Um, and she seemed to be quite a loud, kind of rambunctious character. I think she but, was in all leopard print, wasn't she? Yeah, but that wasn't. That was just the start of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she gets her phone out uh, and starts FaceTiming her daughter, who was abroad somewhere. Yeah. Uh, who had an amazing story about swimming with turtles that day. Yeah, and the, the lady's first reaction to that story was to ask whether she'd been riding the turtles. I think she was only half yeah, listening to her was, daughter. There was a bit of a communication issue. Dan and I looked at each other. <laughs> as the funniest idea ever to think about a person riding a turtle. Uh, and for the next 20 minutes, we couldn't look each other we in the eye. We just had to stare out the window, didn't we? Until we got off the train. Just <laughs> too much. Uh, so, travelled across London to um, Camille's studio. Uh, which is in East London. Yeah, it's a, a kind of a, an industrial kind of London tower block. It's like an kind old of, council building yeah. or something that's been converted into artist studios. Yeah, and really great kind of big spaces, aren't they? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm. And then Camille's studio, she's painted the floor with a particular, like, Walala blue. It is her, it's her signature blue colour, isn't it? It's amazing. She's got some amazing furniture in there, including a Etor Sotsas um, Memphis group uh, shelving unit, mm-hmm. loads of plants in there. Uh, there's a painting of hers in there as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think she'd done the mural on the wall as well, hadn't she? Oh, yeah. We it, talked a little bit about that. It was beautiful in there. And then yeah. out the back is kind of where a lot of the work gets done. It was a little bit more... Um, Still beautiful, but yeah. it was a it was a proper working environment. Yeah, and Camille had a like a space away from her Mac where she kind of puts her sketchbooks together and stuff, mm. which was kind of cool to see that. Very well. hands off, very yeah, yeah, very yeah. Um, analog. Yeah. Um, set up the kit, had a builder's tea made for us yeah. by uh, the amazing Julia Joma, um, and then started recording the, yeah, yeah. the interview. And we normally before we're recording, we we normally ask what we consider to be a silly question to get the sound levels yeah and uh, it's normally about food normally about cake what's your favorite cake or yeah. something like that but um camille being french didn't find a question about food to be silly uh which was amazing <laughs> so was. we ended up having a brilliant uh, pre pre-recording chat about food about yeah. desserts about great places to eat yeah um again this is all recorded so this might see the light of day at some point um then we got into the main interview, talked about um, Camille growing up in the south of France. Yeah, she grew up in a really tiny part of uh, the south of France, didn't she? And she sort of talked about her school life and, like the again, the food that she had at school. Yeah. Um, it's a great, a great story, that. She was a bit of a rebel. There were yeah. eight kids in her whole school. That's yeah. every year. That's incredible. Um, then we talked a bit about her 
being forced to move to England by her dad. Yeah, which she didn't kind of like at first, but she's never gone back. So Great. she, you know, we talked about her love of London and her kind of the, her kind of like opinions of London when she first got to England. Then we talked about her work, the design festival work she's done recently, and the she just got back from the US where she'd done uh, a whole gas station. She'd, yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, amazing. Um, we covered a lot of her early work, the things she wants to do, some of her influences, um, and talked a bit more about food, I think, here or there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we hope that you enjoy this again as much as we re- enjoyed recording it. Yeah, enjoy the show. French graphic artist Camille Wallala is known for her playful geometric artworks found in urban environments and textiles across the globe. She's given new meaning to the phrase street art, having reimagined everything from benches, road crossings, buildings, shopfronts, and gas stations, and she recently transformed an entire street in the London Design Festival. It's all about exploration of colour and shape, and in her own words, not taking yourself too seriously. So Camille, yes. welcome to the very serious No Ideas <laughs> podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Um, while well, we're talking about not taking yourself too seriously, uh, you often mention that it's important for adults as well as children to continue to play. What were your favourite games when you were a kid? Uh, my favourite games, it was like, actually not really brain, uh, it was like a Connect 4. Okay, oh, all right. Like, kind of, I still play sometimes. <laughs> did, um, you, did you play any friends with games, like imagination games? Oh, or? definitely. Actually, I was, I was a single child for like nine years and I remember like creating this kind of like, cre- my, my, my mom couldn't even get in the, my room, which probably happened with a lot of kids, but <laughs> I was like, I was kind of, I had phases where I, like for like a few months I was playing with Barbies and I had 13 Barbies and one Ken and he was always naked, <laughs> na- was always naked in the room, and then so I was playing that for a while, and then moved everything out, and then I used to create, I think, village. So like I just created all village in my in my room, and like even doing like a little uh, deli, and I was doing every little piece with plasticine. Oh, so it amazing. took me like a week to create the wow. village before wow. I gonna start playing in it, and then probably moved after a few months. But yeah, it was quite funny. I had like a few phases of like getting bored and then move on to it. So yeah. I had, like few few games so you're already building like yeah that's true, sort true. of installations of buildings <laughs> yeah. or that's, i was that's... spending more time making the croissant that was my favorite part <laughs> the, the did you roll it out and then oh, yeah, roll yeah, it yeah. properly yeah yeah, yeah i think Amazing. so like mini did you do them fresh every day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah probably yeah, <laughs> um did you have any sort of favorite cartoons or music when you were a kid uh i i remember i had this vinyl uh, player and I used to, I can't remember, yeah, it was kind of actually a really sad song, like from uh, François Zardy, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I'm not going to sing it, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was like, but I can't listen to that song, it's quite sad. He said, uh, all of the boys and the girls, like, like goes with their boyfriend and you, you're on your own. And, and I, know, I used to love this really dramatic <laughs> song where this, this poor girl was by herself and she kind of looked at the other couples walking along. Amazing. But that was my favourite song. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Uh, so, I grew up with my mom um, in south of France. So I was born in Paris, but um, my parents divorced when I was two. So she went back uh, to where she's from, which is a really small village in southeast of France. Um, so we were like a village of like 300 people, like really small. And so in the middle of the, of the vineyards with and cherry trees. Um, so quite lucky to be a child and just growing up mm. in this area. And I think, yes, um, 
go to one school and the school is it was only like 25 uh, kids in the school wow. and only one teacher from the age of like five to wow okay yeah and actually like maybe that's why i love food so much like instead of having a kid we didn't have a canteen we just had to go to the next village and um at lunchtime it was only five of us from the school to like our parents didn't want to take us for lunchtime so we were t getting a taxi every day to go to the school <laughs> but they were like really literally taking the piece like how dare you don't i mean how come you don't have a, a canteen so like after a few years of being bullied the teacher said oh maybe we can have a, a canteen in our school and so they asked the parents to cook because like we didn't i mean it was not like a health health and safety at the time so you had 10 kids wanted to eat at, at the canteen and you had 10 10 mom competing with each other every week <laughs> that was amazing so we had like starters main course desserts it was like and some of the farmers were creating their own made ice cream wow yeah like like i remember like, like goose, gooseberry meringue tart it was like and my mom she was always she was it was good but she was always doing the same and i was getting a bit embarrassed of her oh no <laughs> i mean it was still really good i mean she had like green salad it was quite like ba well balanced it was like green salad and then lunch she had like um it's kind of like a veal which is horrible now to say that, but I, we loved it. Mm -hmm. Real with like rice and, um, and mushroom. And then dessert with like homemade chocolate fondant with creme anglaise. How old? How old? I know, but like That's from amazing. five to 12. That's I know, amazing. I know. Wow. And so when I came here, they were like, what are you having for beans and, <laughs> and like this smiley potato chips face? But um, Did you ha ever have something amazing that another parent made and you had to lie to your mum when you got home and say, no, it wasn't good today? Yeah, oh, I didn't like, I think I just always, no, because I just, I, I, what I love is I would like, like three, three carbs in one meal. So some parents they were doing pizza and then pasta and then cake. And like, yeah. <laughs> Carb load. Yeah. Oh, so um, <laughs> what about um, your parents? What did they, what did they both do? Um, so my dad is an architect okay. and um, he just um, stopped working like a few years ago. But yeah, so he's uh, done doing, he's been practicing working for like many years. And my mom, um, she came back to South of France and she opened like more like a holiday kind of like she, me, her and her, and her, and her husband, they kind of like, they both some, my, my grandparents were, um, they had vineyards, but my okay. mom didn't really want to carry on with that. So instead of continue carry on being in the farm, they create like some really small houses to rent. And at the time, like it was like 30 years ago, it was not so many, and Provence was just starting to be quite, mm. uh, a little bit touristic. So we see, yeah, they make this beautiful space and garden and, and really nicely decorated. I think she always wanted to be a bit creative like me. Mm. She never really had the push from the family to do okay. it. So I think she expressed her creativity in other way. And the house was like full of colors and patterns. Oh, so yeah, it was really nice to grow up with, the colorful house mm. and then my dad was really more geometric a strict so architect taking influence from both yeah. I, think, I think so yeah i think you mentioned somewhere that you remember the pictures on the on the walls of your mother's house or something like this like um i think it's more like it, because you when you, you probably take it for granted when you're yeah, when you're a child you don't realize how it is in the other house but there was a lot of like combination of colors in mm, okay. individual okay. rooms and um, and she's it's, it's quite I mean even me sometimes who keeps the white walls but um, where she kind of go like full colors uh, each room and floor and and it's I mean it could be quite disgusting but actually it looks really well. Yeah. <laughs> I saw um, you posted a, on Instagram a couple of days ago yeah. about your father's house in Paris. Yeah. It yeah 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 it was amazing. We just bought this. I think it was. Um, 1980 just look for places in paris and probably at the time it was probably easy to buy things more than now but it was like a little alley and he found this kind of like kind of like not the ruins but it was like really like completely collapsing house and um 
and he bought it and it took him like 12 years to kind of between the time to draw it and just imagine it's I mean for him like the stairs like, I don't know if you saw the picture but mm. it was his stairs and it took him like you, 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 know, you, just, you know you want to do something to perfection and you is yeah. never quite satisfied <laughs> right. it's a big deal if it's your house and absolutely so it took him a long time to finish it and so after 12 years he moved in and yeah so they kind of like it was a bit sad this weekend I went there to say goodbye because they're moving out I mean I think they want a new style. They want to start drinking red wine more often and <laughs> move to Burgundy, which is fair enough. Okay, yeah, yeah that's so, great. But yeah, it was really nice, beautiful, kind of like for him, it was such a nice thing to, to do from drawing to finishing. And Did you spend a lot of time there? Um, no, I mean, not. I'd spend more time in South of France than okay. Paris because I, I kind of grew up in South of France until 23 and moved to London pretty much straight away. So I kind of go to Paris, kind of like back and forth. But yeah, it's never been like a full amount of time, like a big, big chunk of time. What were your parents' passions? Were they passionate about the things that they did? So your dad, did your dad have anything other than architecture that he was passionate about? Or your mother, anything other than the... She, she was basically an interior designer, yeah. but not officially. Yeah, exactly. I think my mum, she... I think coming from like... Um, uh, yeah, farmer family. I think they were not. We obviously we didn't really have much. Um, they didn't have much um, knowledge about art, and I think they, like a lot of parents even now, got a bit scared when your kids want to do art for a living. And I think they never really pushed her. And I think she probably didn't have the confidence to do it herself. So I think yeah, she just. Um, I think that was probably something she would have been amazing to. But now, like I said, like she. They both self-employed actually. My parents and um, and yeah, um, create that kind of like perfect job I guess where okay. they kind of like decorate she kind of like decorate and she's really welcoming so every time people come she I don't know creates this amazing flower arrangement she used to stop actually she could really have been a good florist because she used to stop on the side of the road with her she always had a big scissors in the car yeah. <laughs> and I was a teenager like come on mom I want to go home and eat my choco pops but she was just like cutting all of the flowers on the side of the road and doing beautiful flowers and amazing. it's funny because now I see that in the market like for like 50 quid and I'm like, wow. <laughs> if only I knew I would have learned how to do that too but um, yeah so I think yeah she's got like multi-talent creative multi-talent and that was an influence on you then I guess or between them two yeah massive influence yeah 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 I think yeah um, and it's nice because they're quite different tastes both of them I think and um, they yeah so my dad is much more like minimal and it's kind of like really graphic I mean, not graphic but really geometric um, and big volume but like really kind of angular where my mom is uh, yeah a lot of like fabric from Provence, which is quite like a bit of uh, African um, style. And like, yeah, we used to go to Morocco on holidays. That was one of the first time I went abroad. And uh, I remember seven years old going to Morocco and we brought a lot of like amazing colors back and fabric and and from, um, and she, yeah, she was a lot of like Moroccan fabric as well from uh, in the house. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, it was kind of nice to live between, with pattern and colors from amazing. a young age, yeah. What was your relationship like with your folks? Did you get on really well with them both? Um, yeah, I think my dad took so longer. I think I was a like, I think when you come from a sometime like a um, divorced family, I yeah. think uh, my mom. Yeah, I was always super close to my mom, and I think my dad. Yeah, like maybe I was a bit of like. I don't know, maybe like not spending enough time, so we didn't have so much uh, things in common. But you always, it's all. I think it's like later in in life where like now really kind of like we connect a lot, and now I realize he gave me so many amazing advice. Mm -hmm. For example, he forced me to come to London when I was twenty three, and I, well, I hated him because yeah. it was like the worst things I could imagine uh, um, but um, and now I say thank you because I would have been probably still living in South of France mm. there's nothing wrong with that mm. but like married with a farmer which is still nothing wrong with that but like <laughs> I don't think that would have been my the best for me where my mum would have been happy to have me staying in South of France <laughs> and um, so uh, what were you like at school were you, were you a rebel I was uh, yeah a little bit rebel actually <laughs> uh, 
I mean, my, it's such a like little cocoon in my little school. And uh, but I remember when my sister—I didn't make the connection, but I think I was fine at the beginning. And I think when my sister has got two twins. I mean, my my mom had two twins. Two, I mean, twins. Um, and um, when I was nine, and I remember going to school, and I was like doing some really naughty things. Like I was, like I mean, it's, at the end of the school, like once a week, you had to go and clean the class. It's like three of you had to clean the the, the class. Right. Um, this um, is a room class classroom mm-hmm. um, and um, I was saying yeah let's let's throw it like I found the key of the teacher and I said let's throw it the car keys in the bin <laughs> which I did so like such a stupid things to do and then like two hours later when I was back at my house he called me he said oh you know like your friend told me you might have seen my keys somewhere I said oh yeah I think I saw something shining in the bin I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the next day I was like I was at the back of the school like they changed my seats and stuff and it was like yeah a little bit of things like that I mean that was not really bad I guess yeah but, um at the time you felt like what bad a little bit of mischief yeah basically a little bit so you mentioned that um when you were 23, your dad kind of forced you to come mm. to London. Can you talk about the circumstances leading up to you to coming that. to London and yeah. then arriving in London? I think so, yeah. So when we were talking about school before, I just really, really hated school. In France, it's almost, I should have done something more like specific, like learning skills, like technical skills, where at school, like they were thinking, oh, you can't. I wanted to do fashion, actually, when I was 16, but... The, the, the guy at school was like, oh, you know, if you decide to go for fashion, you can't go back and that's it, that's the rest of your life going to be fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 15, 16, I don't really know what I want to do. So I went for more like a generic and doing economy, which was, I don't know why. I went there because I was actually cheating on my, on my, uh, <laughs> and the teacher thought, oh, she's good in economy. Like, I'm not good, I'm just like <laughs> cheating. But anyway, so they put me in economy, and, but I failed the GCSE and I failed A-level. Okay. And I failed, and eventually I went to do literature degree. But I wasn't good at all, and I think I felt that as well. And I was failing because my English um, level was so bad. Like okay. I, I, I was, um, yeah, really bad at school. And I think, and I wanted to do one year off. And my dad said, okay, well, and just go back in in June to finish my exam. But and I wanted to have one year like doing nothing. My dad said, no, you can't do that. You have to go. I mean, it's fine to do that, but you only have to go three months. You have to go three months in London to learn yeah. English. And I was like, I hate you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And, and um, so he put, his, he put himself in the situation where probably as a parent, it might not always be easy to be hated. But, Absolutely. Um, and I really t- say thank you now to him so much because it's, yeah, so I went there in 1907 and I arrived in Camden Town. And I remember I, was like, I couldn't even speak English. So I just had like a, the address of where I was going to the cab driver and when I got to the school so it was a school where you have to go Monday to Friday mm-hmm. three hours and then they, they had an accommodation for me so that's all I knew but I got there and they started talking to me and I'm like, I don't understand anything so they found a French guy someone who could speak French said okay you have to come every day Monday to Friday for three hours a day and then uh, you're gonna sleep you're gonna share your room with a Turkish yeah it was this Turkish girl uh, we share a room and then yeah it was another guy Italian and I think someone from Slovenia at the time mm-hmm. so we shared this flat and uh, no lounge or anything so we just like Poor girl in the Turkish, like this Turkish girl, like she was like, it must have been painful because every word I had to look in my mini dictionary to make a sentence. Like, wow. my <laughs> name is, and then like, yeah, how can I, you, I mean, it, was, it must have been really painful for her. Sometimes she faked she was sleeping. I was like, <laughs> fair enough. How, um, how long do you think it took you to 
become proficient in English to well, for listening like, and, and talking. It was kind of weird because I mean now I see if I had kids I just tell them like I just tell just go to like because in three months or like I did English for seven years of school and you had like three hours a day or something or three hours a week. But I couldn't actually speak a word. But when I came here, I really literally need to learn because it's like a vital. Mm, yeah. Like a, and so I was going to school and like kind of like uh, making. Um, so, yeah, um, I, yeah, I was going to school um, and like really kind of like trying to do my best, which I never wanted to do before. And like going home and like learning page of vocabulary. But my APM was so exhausted, so I was going to bed quite early. But after three months, I was I went back to uni, and it was the first time I didn't cheat. Okay. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I said that word, but um, and I got like eleven out of twenty, which was the first oh, time. Oh wow! Okay. Three, yeah, it was really nice feeling of like three months in London actually makes such a difference. And after that, I just say, actually, I'm going to go back to London. Fuck the studies. Yeah. How long were you at uni <laughs> for before you decided to come back then? Uh, I just went to pass the exam. So it was June. I went back there, passed my exam. I got my results. I got, I got my, uh, my degree in literature yeah. and I just came back here. But the thing is like even three months were to get a good job. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I came back to London and I... Uh, I just wanted to be free and just you like the, you got the bug. Yeah, 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 well. yeah. It was I mean, amazing. I mean, Camden Town, especially, it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were hanging out around a lot. And I think I first moved to London with a, a girlfriend in 1997. She yeah. was at UCL, and it was it was yeah. amazing. It was still a fairly rough and ready place. Camden was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been there since ten years or something. It's quite weird. <laughs> like I actually don't go there anymore. It's like almost like another life. Yeah. But at the time, it was. I remember going in the train and we were like all of this. And now getting in the first taxi, you know, like obviously you just go through London. At the time, Eurostar was in Waterloo as well, so it was kind of a long um, journey in the train. But I remember like, starting to arrive in in uh, in, uh, in sorry Camden Town and looking in the window, saying, "Yeah, that's cool. This is cool." And then the car stopped <laughs> there, and I was like, "Yes, that's going to be my neighbourhood." And I was really excited. My friend um, David spent uh, a year placement in Philadelphia yeah. with uni. And he he came back and he said that everybody was talking about they were in a Charles Dickens book. Like, hello, Gavin. Oh, really? Oh, Fancy uh, getting a cab. Uh, and then I went to Texas for four months. Yeah. And I didn't believe that it, it actually was like that. And when I came back, I came out of the airport and the first guy was like, hello, um, Mary Poppins. Oh, it was really? like properly like, <laughs> I couldn't believe how. So was it like that when you first arrived? Was everyone like, call blimey governor kind I don't, of accent? I don't know. Like, actually, to be fair, I didn't really on get the English accent, yeah. I, did, I didn't understand, it was such a gibberish to me, so I, I couldn't recognise any accent or anything, I didn't know if I was, someone was American or Italian speaking English, it was so kind of like, I love, I love speaking to people about um, whether they start to dream in English, do you remember when you started to dream I actually in English? I still don't know, I don't know if I'm, I'm still something, I, I mean I think I, I prefer speaking in English somehow, it's Okay. Like, uh, but I still don't know if I dream in English, I don't think I dream much. <laughs> Um, so was it around this time that you started to take on more like creative pursuits? Um, no, no, because I think when I, so yeah, back to London, so 98 then, and uh, I think so I was 23, couldn't speak English at all, so I, I was thinking maybe I should just carry on working in restaurants. I mean, I, I didn't think of working, I didn't mm. know, I didn't, I never done anything creative actually until then. And um, so I just yeah, worked in restaurants for a few years and I was just, the, f the feeling of being free and I was doing a lot of raves and party yeah, right. for a few years um, and that was kind of taking all of my energy <laughs> and time um, so I did that for a while and I think just yeah just just so I work on the side it was just really nice to be earning your, your own money and mm. just like and just do whatever you want really so I had that for a few years but yeah eventually I mean like one of my job I was saying before it was, it was uh, I just really wanted to work for Pret-a-Manger like, oh that was okay. my kind of like idea of like perfect job <laughs> work for a nice company and <laughs> And they, I wanted to wear all of their outfits, and it was a, uh, and I didn't get the job, so I failed to that. So it was like, <laughs> a big, big disappointment. And um, 
But I carry on working in restaurant until like one job was like really enough where I didn't like it anymore. And I think I started to do like uh, evening class where mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to do. But it was really nice in London. I mean, it was nice in the UK thing. Like you can do so many evening class. So I did like pottery. I did like, I don't know, drawing and uh, stitching and um, um, and eventually I found, I did like a pre-foundation and it was mm. this really amazing woman. I think she really changed my kind of like direction. Or like she just gave me the confidence mm. I didn't have to carry on doing uh, work, like uh, creative stuff. And I think we, I did a foundation and she was specializing more in textile and fashion. And, um, and I did a foundation and I think I really enjoyed textile and graphic and pattern. And I went for, yeah, decided to go to uni, which was a big step I guess for me it was like but I was quite late compared to everyone else mm -hmm. I think I was 28 so it was uh, 10 years later than a lot of other students I mean it's not later but it was 10 mm. years older let's say and um, and I decided to go to Brighton because I think they had like a um, business study as well mm -hmm. so it sounds like that was a bit more professional which I can't I'm, it's almost I wish I mean it was I didn't I failed completely at the business <laughs> part but, but um, so yeah I went to university in Brighton for like three years or four years on and off because we had like work experience and uh, yeah, I think that was how it all started. Did you live in Brighton then? So yeah, I lived in Brighton the first year, um, and uh, moved, yeah, didn't stay there very long. Yeah, first year, but I just really miss my friend and my yeah. life in London. So second year, I think I was my friend was like I was like she was saying you can stay with me for two nights because I think it was only two nights. So we were doing like head to toe, uh, head to toe, like, you know, uh, t t top to tails. Top to tails. When you're in one, like in a yeah. single bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was like <laughs> that was a really nice friend to kind of like <laughs> accept you to do that in a bed two times a week. Uh, and yeah, so that was the, f the second year, and then after that, I commuted to mm. to go to, to. Did you Did you enjoy the course? Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think it was. I think. It, it was kind of a hard time because I just didn't really, I was kind of like a bit stubborn and I just wanted to do my thing, but, and I didn't, I'm not really good at getting critics. And sometimes I mm. found they were not always really fair, maybe yeah. they were, but I don't know, it was a little bit of a struggle. Um, and when I left, I just didn't feel like I learned so much. I mean, the thing is like, I really wanted to do graphic, I, I just love all, everything graphic, mm -hmm. but we didn't really learn too much on the computer, which was, okay. I think it was a shame. Maybe it was just the beginning of the of the illustrator. And um, But I think when you left, and I, I wasn't really good at drawing or, or, so I couldn't really get a job as a textile designer because you have to follow trend. And mm. so one month you're going to have to design design flowers and another month, I don't know. That's, like, that's what I did for a job. You did? Are you, I yeah. don't do now. Are you a textile? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. kind of a big, it's quite a lot, a lot of you have to create a lot and like you have to be really good oh, yeah, at yeah. drawing. And, and I wasn't good at that. So I feel quite insecure when I finished uni as well again and I moved back to London. And, and so I kind of went back to work in um, in a food industry. So I went like around the corner. Actually, it was this French place, and I I work and sell cheese for like a couple of years. And it was really nice to be in this area. And I actually really enjoyed and have a bit a bit of detachment. It's almost I wanted to do my own thing, but not working for someone mm -hmm. someone creative. Yeah. And keep it for myself and actually have a job on the side completely different. So you kind of were an artist, then you had a mentality where you wanted to do the things you wanted the way you wanted to do them. Yeah, I guess it's, that's what an artist Having is. criticism at uni, sometimes when you know they're wrong, it yeah. helps you to to do what you want to do even even more. Do you, did you have a confidence issue then with jumping out and starting to do this stuff? With yeah. So you, you mentioned like you came back and you didn't quite feel confident enough, so you went back to work in yeah. the food industry. 
what changed to make to I think it took so long time it was like years of like probably frustration and yeah because like, I remember like when I was working in this in this place in uh, around the corner La Bouche it was nice but like every people were having like creative meetings and talking about mm. this and that and me I was like with my ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> who ordered an ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> like I wanted to throw them in their face so I, I want to be there having meetings but I didn't know what to do with my meetings but it was just I just felt the frustration getting uh, growing and I think uh, and I start to have a share studio with a friend of mine but okay. I was going there every like well maybe four times a day but oh, four times a week but uh, with no um, no brief or anything so yeah. I was like mm. staring at my computer I said yeah. so what am I going to do today um, <laughs> what kind of work were you doing I don't then? actually um, I yeah so I, I starting actually to do like a, a like the neighbor the wife of the, my boss, she opened a fabric shop around the corner, and she and my and my, the boss told her, his wife, "Oh, I came in the textile. Do you want to see? Maybe it'll be nice if you want to create some textile." So she saw my work from uni, and she really liked them. So we printed like digitally like ten design, or like, oh, like ten roll of my <laughs> pattern. On the, yeah, I was so I was so <laughs> excited, and I think I printed some for me on the side. And um, so I just thought I'm gonna do my own brand. I want to do like cushion, and I mean I couldn't really stitch, but I saw maybe like. Like more like um, interior stuff, like cushions and yeah. purse, and and so I kind of like make a little collection, and I was trying to sell them on border market, but it was like a big. I mean, it was really hard. It was just really hard to be on the market. It's quite a such a hard job, and you know, yeah, to sell it's a long day. job, isn't it? So so, like, so you were running the market stall. It was you and your yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, and it was like I can't remember what it was called. Like I'd print some like black and white paper, <laughs> say Walla La Land, or at the back and whatever, and selling my thing. But people were actually, it was quite hard because everything was made kind of by me and it was the price was what it was, which I don't think it was too much money, but people come and try to go bargain. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> you don't realize <laughs> I made that with my like bleeding fingers. Do you have any pictures of the store? Or I think so, like yeah, 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 okay. yeah, I do. If you, if you do come across <laughs> yeah. them at any point, yeah, no, bring I'm them gonna... over if you don't mind them yeah, going yeah, on the sure. site. That'd <laughs> yeah. be really amazing. Um, so around this time you were also doing like street art and paste ups and yeah, stuff? Yeah, so it just started at the same time. So okay. like Mike's boyfriend was um, Mike's boyfriend uh, was a street artist from yeah. Sydney and I think he was doing that a lot when he was here as well. And I think I just starting by I don't know, I get quite inspired and he was like doing like big paste up in his I mean he was like kinda of, like painting in his room and like cutting shapes and then, then going to glue them on the in the street. So I just used to do this little small miniature ladies, so I just thought oh, I should do them bigger. So I kind of start to paint these big ladies, uh, illustration, illustration ladies, uh, on the wall, and then go at four a.m. in the morning with my on my bike, put the bucket of blue <laughs> and, uh, on my bike, and just like yeah, put them all in brick, brick lane. But I kind of starting doing also like I really wanted to put like positive message in the yeah. streets, and I think I just will. I just. I had the idea of a Monday to Friday, nine to five, and like people getting a bit stuck to like the routine of, yeah. like, you know, like you go to work and you don't look at anything around. And, and I think, um, and I just wanted to do like some like little message where like every, every day or like every week is I going to walk and say, what, what is this? And like every week changing the message. So it was like, it was all we sing more. So we were like dance more, floss more, like uh, smile more. So Amazing. like every week I was kind of like trying to change the message, like uh, the thinking of the, People going to work every morning. Was it exciting, sort of getting up at that time? And yeah. Was it, did you get an adrenaline rush from sort I, of yeah, I knowing used to, that? I think it was probably like being really, really, or maybe like I didn't really think of any. I was quite unconscious. Like I was even putting my name on that. Like so, which probably yeah. some of them up like my name. But I always put like red lipstick at 4am to sing it. Like if the police stop me, I'm like can't try to flirt with, uh, with the police. Sorry, I don't know. But yeah, no, I never, I never got actually. Um, yeah, I never got in trouble. No. 
Were you like nervous when you were doing it though, just constantly looking out? Was it you on your own? Pretty much, yeah. At 4am, okay. like, I mean, you, you've got like a few, maybe one friend want to do it one time, but then after. Do you think you could do that in Brick Lane now? It's a lot more busy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's, again, like, I don't really go there anymore. Okay. It's like, but yeah, no, I guess it's, yeah, you probably get in trouble, probably. I mean, actually, I don't know. I think it's almost more accepted, actually, just treat up now these days. It totally is. Yeah, yeah. so. You sure. probably wouldn't even need to go at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly, in the daytime. But sometimes, other thing, you do that. I mean, when I did some, not in the UK, but sometimes in Sydney or like places like around the world, where you actually like pretend like, yeah, that's, you know, you do that in the middle of the day, I think it's almost better because people just think like you're acting normal and that's yeah. okay. So mm. I've done that too. It's, that's the thing. If you act like you're doing something wrong, then people kind yeah. of can sense it. Yeah. If yeah. you're just like, Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna stick this. Oh, in the wall, the right? yeah. So the yeah, the that would that would help. Yeah. Just wear fluoro. Well, maybe we need to do that. We can get away with all kinds of stuff. Get just wearing that stuff. No, I mean we we could. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so your first mural, um, like legal one, was on the back of a lady's house in Bethnal Green. Is yeah. that right? Uh, um, yeah, can that you tell it. us a bit about that? Kind of yeah. how that came about and stuff. Um, I think this one was. I think quite a few years ago now but um so again my the same ex-boyfriend came in uh, he was in Sydney he was living in Sydney but he was coming for a visit and he was doing a bit of like street art of the back alley of like Red Church Street which is like Whitby Whitby Street mm -hmm. and um and I just went to hang out with him and just have a chat and then this old lady just came out of, of um of her house and she said oh like I've got this house would you like to paint it to him and he was like oh well I'd love to but I'm just living in Sydney so I'm gonna go back but I was like I can and she was like okay we are do whatever and I'm like I mean first she say she, she I mean the thing is like first she said well my husband just died and I would like to have his face on the wall I'm like uh, I don't think I can do that because uh, that would be like a triangle for a nose and like uh, no it wouldn't be like really identical but so she said that's okay just do whatever you want so I came we went back with my sister and like a friend of of her for the weekend and just kind of drew it before and just didn't even show it to her she didn't care she keep on coming out and in and out of her <laughs> place giving us a cup of tea and she was amazing like she was like 75 years old uh, greek lady with a bit of beard <laughs> you know, like, the sweetest but yeah i love her i keep on going now and then to see her and say called georgina amazing. say hello to georgina um yeah that was a good that was really good actually because it was also just um I just did that just because I wanted to do something, but it was just the beginning of uh, Instagram, I think, and yeah. I think I got, um, um, yeah, there's a lot of people like starting to, to take pictures of it, and I think it, it actually got quite, not, I mean, it, like, it got reposted mm -hmm. quite a lot, and, um, and I was going to Australia the f in the winter that same year, and I think one of my favorite places, uh, favorite shop at the time in, uh, in Australia saw that and said, oh, we're opening this new shop in Melbourne, would you like to decorate? And that was like amazing opportunity. Yeah, was that the first paid there. commission? Was yeah. That? yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. It was a big, yeah, big deal. Yeah. That was kind of so. Those were the start of yeah the ascent of <laughs> yeah. Uh, Walala. <laughs> <laughs> this month's podcast is in association with Arts Emergency, an award-winning mentoring charity and network helping marginalised young people access higher education and work in the creative and cultural industries. We firmly believe that if you're able to share your skills and knowledge with people less fortunate than yourself, then you should. The current cost of education is prohibitive for people of certain backgrounds, and this means that many young people aren't able to pursue their dreams. If you feel you can make a difference and help a young person get a foot in the door in the creative and cultural industries, go to arts-emergency.org and sign up to be a mentor or elect to be part of their network. You won't regret it. Now, back to the show.
project that we really love and and love hearing you talk about is the the school playground project. Yeah. Partly because it was kind of um, like an op art camouflage when you when it's all finished, it's hard mm. to see where some of the parts were. Yeah. But also because the responses you talk about from from the children. Yeah. Can you talk about the project and the, the, some of the comments that the children said yeah. when, when you were trying to do the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the plan On the wall, yeah, it was quite, because it was kind of like quite spontaneous job. It was the same um, uh, um, Jenny Lewis, which is like the, the wife of the, the um, guy on the Splice building, you know, like the big building I did. This, yeah. uh, the, and in the same year, so she kind of introduced me to her husband and I did this building, which was amazing. And then two weeks later, I said, I want to paint this cool and shot hold on, I've got this school for you, and I'm like, so like, their kids got like, uh, go to the school, which is around the corner of where I live, like 500 meters from here. And she said, I'm sure they will be happy, yeah, just, um, um, and the parents can help to paint, paint the wall. I said, okay, that sounds great. So they didn't have much budget, but it was, we were actually really excited to do that. So it was, before we went there, it was like this really old painting from like, I don't know, it looks like the 70s, <laughs> but like, like the old mermaid and fish, but like, yeah, like falling classic. apart. And, um, so we kind of went there, painted all white, and um, and I was actually literally designing pretty much on the spot. So I had this computer, uh, like in the playground, you know, you got these really mini tables, like so I was like like my knees in my chin, you know, like on my computer and trying to design. And all the kids were like at the like, like thirty kids behind my screen, saying, "Why are you doing this? Why is the triangle yellow? And why <laughs> too many questions? <laughs> and why we don't like black and white?" And I kind of had to justify myself. Well, I said, "No, but black and white is good. It makes the color pops." And um, and uh, and eventually they kind of starting to like it, but except when we starting painting, like they were coming, say some of them say, "I'm gonna come tonight. I'm gonna paint it all over it." I say, "Please don't, <laughs> like don't, don't come and paint all over it." And uh, at the end, they, yeah, they kind of really enjoy it. And it was actually quite interesting to see how they reacted about because I was quite nervous. Like obviously they tell the truth and and what do they think about the. I don't know, I never really see like big bold graphic uh, no, triangle no. and black and white stripes yeah. in the kids' playground, but uh, they actually had a really good opinion and they, and they all had the kind of... Um, so what do you think we can learn about uh, from a child's perspective? I think what I did like with when we work around kids, it was like I just love their spontaneity and like they don't really obviously think too much about what they like or I think it just comes genuinely from, from their emotion and their... Um, them to be themselves mm -hmm. um and i think sometimes i just like sometimes like i just will design something thinking like with my lack of i can be a bit of like i'm confident or or in control or opposite having a bit ego so i don't think it's a good way to do where i think if you if i start to really kind of like stay true to myself i think that's usually when you start to do the best art yeah i guess when you're free or when you kids can be so honest as well they're not preloaded with lots of cultural conceptions so they're just they can just say that I hate that or I like that or make it blue and it's yeah. just very a very simple approach. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, this is quite impressive. Quite nice to work with uh, with kids. Yeah, exactly. They kind of like tell you exactly what they think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you decide on the compositions and do you have like a method with how you put your work together? Um, I think I don't really know. I don't really have a, a method. I think usually I like to kind of like be more like playful as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's just um, I used to. I just I'm, I'm, I love doing like sketchbook in the morning. So for example, if I tra I mean I used to travel. I still travel quite a lot with work, but like almost like do like collage in my sketchbook without any purpose. It was just I just want to do something creative, and just without thinking too much and just like come up with with composition or like mm -hmm. a nice com combination of colors and. Um, 
and usually that's the, I leave them on the side and when I've got like a, a brief or like if I've got some a project I usually I usually look back in, into them and okay. and sometimes get inspired from that because it just came from like a really not it, get, it did come from a spontaneous place so I think yeah that's usually the good way to work so you kind of are working like a child a bit yeah exactly I love like collage is a good one because I, I feel a bit to, to draw something I'm like ooh and like I just feel like I'm I've made a mistake where I love the collage because it's a bit more playful and you can just, it's room for like messing around a bit more. Did you, did you, did you say that you do that every morning? Like the yeah, I used to, I mean, now I'm trying, it's like kind of one of these routines I really love. Right. It's like, because I don't like, when, towards the end of the day, you're a bit more like uh, tired and probably too much things going in your head. Where I think when you just do that first thing in the morning, it's like, I don't know, I just love this kind of like little ritual of like doing that. I don't do it as much now, which is a shame because sometimes like, and more, almost more time doing emails now these days, which is right. it's nice to kind of like, but it's really important process, I think, yeah. for me to do. I read the comedian um, Simon Amstel every morning um, puts loud music on and just dances. Dance, yeah, that's a really good and one. That's how he kind of starts the day. It's almost <coughs> like brilliant. a meditative kind of thing. Yeah. So having a ritual before you start your day is probably like really healthy. Yeah, it's a good one as well to do. So how important do you think mood boards and sketchbooks are in your process? Um... I think, yeah, no, I think, I mean, I've like a, I think I love doing with balls. <laughs> I love um, finding new resources of images, but sometimes, like, you kind of, like, almost you get, um, I don't know, I don't really, sometimes if I look on social, on um, mm. internet, for example, I get quite, like, it's overwhelmed mm. with, like, yeah. I already people doing what you want to do, or, so if, I love going to bookshop and just getting, like, some really old school books. Me too. Um, so, like, we travel, like, I went to New York and my suitcase was full of, like, vintage books, <laughs> like, $2 each book. And, like, and things, like, it's not trendy or, like, it's, it's really nice to kind mm. of, and I, I love, actually, the the paper and just, I love the, like, I love sketchbook. I don't like working on an iPad or something. I love the the, the, the touch. Me mm. too. Maybe it's our generation or something, but there's nothing nicer than like opening books or even I love the logos on the back of old books <laughs> yeah. and things like that yeah. it's just they're beautiful objects yeah. and they, they have the ghosts of previous owners so it might say like to Daniel from mum or something yeah, exactly. in, on the inside of a book or <coughs> it might have a shopping list imprinted on yeah. it and I think that's beautiful thing with a real a real object is it's I don't know. There's there's a history in it. Where it's online, everything's just it's there for no you. Yeah. And I think also the process of going to a bookshop and like actually like finding a little like, oh a nice yeah. little gem, what you didn't know as well. Is it just to bring the curiosity to kind of like get to being curious and looking through all mm. of these books, finding something it. you would never have really thought you like. I love like all of the carboot sale. I mean, you used to have a, you got a good one in a, in a bricks in, Br- in a Brighton. Brighton yeah, yeah. I used to go there all the time. Where's that? Where's that? Snoopers is it still Paradise there? Or? Is it not right above the train station? It used to be. There's one up by the race course. Oh, oh yes. On the hill. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I don't great. know, like every yeah. Sunday. I remember I used to go yeah, there on Sunday the, morning. The, mm. Yeah, that might be that one. Yeah, I love boot sales yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, have you been to Portland? No. Really good bookshop really there. Dan put me oh, in. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll we went there the last, uh, in August. Yeah. Five yeah, doors. spent a lot. Yes. Yeah, it's nice. It's crazy. It's out of this world. Incredible. Oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, we get that. It's like, yeah, you've got so many. That's what we were saying. Like, we don't really have any bookshop. I mean, I don't think I know bookshop like that, like in the, what we see in the US, like in terms of like so many different artists. Mm. No. No? Yeah, no, you don't. I did find, I went on holiday to Hay on Wye last year in Wales and there was, because it's got like a literary festival there, so many bookshops. And there was one that was an old cinema. So it was the size, inside it was absolutely enormous. Oh, wow. And so it was just, yeah, I spent two hours in there. Amazing. With, with my dog, walking oh, wow. around. Oh. Great Dane. Oh, wow. but, but like walking around, her like 
cut a claws clipping on the Aww, on the nice. wooden floor, and she was really ready to go. By the yeah, end yeah, of it, yeah, can imagine. With me, with a trying to balance a big stack of books in one yeah. hand. <laughs> oh, nice! But you feel like you're in Aladdin caves or something. Yeah, you're like, oh. totally. I've got some good stuff in there. That's actually, good. we both love junk shops yeah. as well, and old signage and. That the um, thing you just want to. I mean, I love them all, but I think it's also at some point. Or not that I'm going minimal, but it doesn't look like minimal right now. But, <laughs> but it's quite easy to kind of like get too many things. Yeah, in, yeah. And to I'm become just, a hoarder. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can be sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you go back to France much? Uh, yes. So I think my, I think I go like maybe like half of my time in Paris, and or maybe mm-hmm. a bit less. I go to south of France quite a lot because my mum is from there, and she, that's where I grew up. I told you that before. But it was uh, yeah, I love going there in summer, especially. It's just like always this kind of ritual. And my birthday is on the 10th of August, and like every year. Perfect. Like uh, my mum, she could throw a party since my sister were born because I was like, I could be like, needed attention. <laughs> so since like I'm nine years old, every year I've pretty much been in my mum's. Uh, right. And we go like, and it's really nice because we've been dancing. Like it's been like now it's three generations dancing until two a.m. in the morning, like doing Amazing. the conga. Like, yeah, it was quite, it's quite funny. And it's like my mum, like I think when I was turning forty-one, she's, I just went traveling, or and she said, "Are you not coming to South of France?" I said, "Mum, I'm forty-one. I can't do one year, <laughs> one year without not being with you for my birthday." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. No, I love it. I love it there, especially. We um we often talk about the different personalities of cities, so like certain type of music has come out of Detroit, whether it's Motown or certain types of techno or certain types of music comes out of Berlin or art and Manchester and Paris. What do you think the personality of London is and how does that affect your work? Um, I think when I first came in 93, I think I just realized it was, for me, it was really open-minded uh, city. Like coming from a small town in south of France, um, I remember buying like my big first Buffalo shoes at the time. And I was, even before the Spice Girl, so it was like, like 96 or something. And I was like, they were ridiculous. They were orange, like 20 centimeters high. Um, and I was wearing them in South of France and everyone was like literally taking the piece out of me. So when you try to be a bit, you know, like yourself, but you can't because mm. no one allowed you to be, it's not easy, especially as a teenager. So when I came to London, I remember arriving in Camden Town and we're like, what the hell? These people are wearing, are wearing they were wearing like, uh, like plastic uh, straw uh-huh. uh, instead of like hair, you know, like this kind of weird like haircut. And they were <laughs> all wearing cyber cyber trans like fluorescent <laughs> yeah. outfit I'm like this is cool and I want to be like you and um, yeah so I just came and it was like I could do whatever I wanted and no one really care or mm. maybe sometimes I don't know if they don't care or if they don't judge but it was a good feeling at the time some people have said you can be whoever you want to be in London yeah I feel like, like that I yeah. have a lot of friends who've said that and especially at that time so you mm. went to a lot of clubs then did you initially? yeah I think uh, I was, yeah, so I got introduced to, um, by the, I had this uh, girl like from Turkey, like she had my room in Camden Town and she used to go to like a lot of raves and stuff and she said, oh, come with me. And that was the beginning of the end <laughs> <laughs> of a few years. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. It was amazing. Yeah, kind of like new discovery and just, it was a good time to do it, young and innocent. <laughs> um, so how do you think London has changed since you've been here? Mm, just got definitely more expensive uh, to live in East London. Um, how did it change? It's like all of the good nightclubs just are closing down. Mm, yeah. Um, I think just I don't know maybe maybe the I don't know I just felt like it was a bit more like joyful when I moved in '97. But um, on that term, I guess oh, yeah, it was a bit more. I don't know. I just felt like it was m- easier to achieve things. But maybe if that was maybe I was younger. In terms of creative, in terms of creativity, anyway. I think it was quite a raw place. You had like 
where Old Street is now, there was nothing except yeah, 333 true. Old Street. And so you'd go to the <coughs> clubs there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like kind of, there were mm. things just happening. Yeah. People had studios, areas were cheap for artists to be in. Now everybody's out in Walthamstow. Yeah, it's changed. It's a shame. And even like, it's quite sad actually, the Dulce, I think, I mean, I don't know if I heard that right, but I think they're closing down the Dulston Market as well. And it's like all of this kind of like, I don't know, I love this kind of multi, multi pop, I don't mm-hmm. know, like mix it's of like ab- culture was, a, was great to be there. Now it's just, yeah. The gent- I never know how to say that word. Gentrification, yeah. yeah. Um, just make things, everything a bit dull and sad, I guess. Everyone's being sort of kind of pushed out to, yeah. the, to the outskirts, but and it does make it less creative because artists tend to not have Can't much afford, money. And they, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, all of the studio now, I don't know, like it was nice to share studio and I think now is everything, like all of the kind of big company called WeWork and all of that, yeah. they kind of like create takeover and it's just a bit corporate yeah, kind of like it's creative. Uh, have you been in any of those we work? Yeah, moments? I did. They just are, yeah, they are so kind of corporate. Yeah, it's a sh- it's a sh- yeah, it's a shame because I think we used to like share studio and like be messy and yeah. I think it's quite hard to do that around here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, <coughs> where did you live when you were originally in London? Did say, you say did again? you live in a shared house when you first moved here? Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, like when I moved to London first, I shared my room with a Turkey yeah, with a girl like, oh, yeah. from Turkey, and she was really cool. She was really great. She was the one introducing me to all of the parties yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah it was yeah it was I, I did love sharing places for a long time I think it was a really nice way of you learn about you know to be with people as well and not being like I don't know it's kind of like you learn about yeah your social skills Absolutely. and just you can like be able to share and you can see how people are like sometimes like um, the center of the attention in their family and they mm-hmm. can't be, I don't know like how people share things especially and but at the end I'm like come on where's my shampoo who <laughs> <laughs> ate my last slice of like palm ham that I got in a nice shop and I just wanted to save it for later like who hasn't done the dishes uh, yeah, yeah oh this I just but I moved by myself quite late okay. like 36 or something so it was like literally time and my best friend said no oh, you have to get out like come on but I was really scared because I couldn't I was not doing a great amount of money and to move to London from like sharing a five yeah. house yeah. with moving on your own I was quite troubled I mean I was really scared of like not making money but actually what, you, what happened is like you asked to be paid more and which mm-hmm. is probably more what you're supposed to be paid anyway as a creative and freelance yeah. and I um, think that was actually a really good thing to do and my, and my landlord is I was asking him, can I rent my place, Airbnb, if I'm not around? Well, in my head, we're like, if I can't afford it, maybe I can stay to my friends. <laughs> but he accepted, so yeah, you can do that, which was pretty amazing. I didn't actually have to do it at the end, but it was nice to know, in case mm, I can't pay my rent yeah. for months, maybe I can just rent it out. Like <laughs> As a fallback. Yeah. Um, so do you think it would be harder for you to forge a career now, if you were starting out? To start? In, in 2019, yeah. Compared um, to when you set up on your own? Not sure because I think now also like social media, that's just, I mean it was kind of I think as a creative you can just put yourself much more mm. out there mm. and it's kind of like I don't know you got much more visibility I guess but I don't know in terms of um, competition if it's more even than before. I is feel it? like there's a lot more people on there. Oh, is it? You so you're fighting for attention more. Does, if yeah. you've people that establish themselves at a certain <coughs> a certain time seem to have really, Do you think? especially if you had a set style. Yeah. Because people tend to replicate other people's work yeah, an awful lot. We, and I think sometimes actually without realizing it, because if you just yeah. look at yeah. like images, like you com- constantly bombarding by like image and like, and, and like trendy, you know, like, image like everyone see as well, like, you really can see like a, a trend somewhere. So you probably just don't realize you're starting mm. to do something because you've seen it so much like, like a brainwash. Absolutely, yeah. it's, it's subliminal. Yeah, yeah, subliminal, yeah, that was a word, yeah. Um, you mentioned that the Memphis movement is a big influence 
and the movement was a reaction to the cold, slick, humorless design and architecture of the 70s. Is your work a reaction to anything? Um, not especially. I think like when I start, I think it's always come from like a really instinctive place and uh, emotional. I guess it's mm -hmm. not really kind of like never quite been like on an intellectual level. It's been more just uh, every every kind of art I've seen and the reaction. I mean, my favorite exhibition always been the one where oh, I feel really Absolutely. excited like a child and like yeah. like Bridget Riley when I saw at the barbecue yeah. and I saw all of this oh, painting movie. Where I, yeah. I was running like a child from one room to another. I said, bringing my friends, have you seen this? Have you seen this? <laughs> um, and then Martin Powell was another one, which yeah. I love. Oh, that was great recently. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this one was really mm. good. But the first one I saw was probably the one I was like, because I, when I moved to London as well, like Martin Powell, I thought I was England. I thought actually England is like this, like all of the calf. And yeah. I, love, I love all of this. It really Reese's is. He's, he's the one that sees England the yeah. way that it is, I think. Yeah, or like different like details, like a bit of like social, so on the social level, mm -hmm. I think. And it was... And I love it. Uh, when I found him as a photograph, it was definitely like a, a turning point in terms of images and like yeah. saturated colors and like yeah. and a sense of humor. So I always kind of like love this style in in art and uh, I think in general like yes, I like when don't really take yourself too seriously. Always yeah. like definitely a sense of humor. And I think going to the Barbican the first time, see exhibition of Martin Parr, and you could hear people laughing in the yeah. space. Amazing. Like wow! If you, and I was in my head like if I'm an artist, I love. If I could hear people laughing in mm. my exhibition one day, I think that's this kind of goal I'm aiming for. I normally get chills at some point in an interview when people say this, <laughs> and, and you're just talking about that feeling when you come out of an exhibition and yeah. you're, you're sort of, you feel it's, like 20 yeah, times yeah. bigger. I, I saw Christian Markley exhibition at, at the Barbican oh. and that just, that was a long what, time ago. Okay. And the Eames exhibition know, as well. And they both blew my mind. Oh, sorry, was that? Christian know. Markley is, uh, he's a video artist, okay. but not in the I sort of know. original kind of boring way. Mm. Um, but he also puts record sleeves together. He was the first person that did it to make like these huge sort of long-necked people or foreheads oh, okay. and things like That's this. Oh, I see. He created an accordion where he joined together lots of the middle parts and it filled an entire room with the middle wide wow. open. And there's a lot of humour in it mm. and it's just... Uh, he did the clock recently where he had the 24-hour oh, yeah, clock yeah, yeah, in of course. London yeah, yeah, okay, but I see built you're... from video clips yeah, from films. Yeah, have you seen it? I haven't. It's oh, the only one I haven't seen. That's supposed to be amazing, yeah. But, uh, but I love that feeling mm. too when you come out of a show and you're just... Or a film. Films yeah, do it to me yeah. as well. Um, no, it's uh, a good feeling. I think, I don't know, in art, I think that sometimes I find like, mm, like, like, yeah. like uh, kind of like two eyebrow things is not really what I'm looking for. And I think like, because maybe again, like being a bit unconfident and not, sometimes I think you just, you just want to, yeah, just have this kind of like burst of like excitement or, or joy. And I think that's actually when we did the exhibition at the, when I did the Now Gallery, you know, like mm -hmm. the... Yeah, it was fantastic. And I think I remember I was competing with few people. This, three ladies say to me, come in, the street, come in the gallery space, we want to show you around. And then they kind of, it was kind of almost like taking me on the, taking me on the spot. They were like interrogating me and yeah. say, oh, we want you to do an installation, which I've never done before. And they say, we want you to do an installation and um, it has to be interactive. And, and I felt like I had to say something. And the first things came to my head, say, um, I like fanfare. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, where am I going? And I was like, um, and then I say, actually, I really want to do something where it's going to bring your inner child again. And yeah. the three of them, they were like, yeah. oh, yeah. And I'm like, yes. Amazing. I got the notes of the approval. And I was like, amazing. And, I, and actually, that's what happened when we, we did it. So Julia and the architect, so we just came back in the studio and we created this maquette, which is around yeah. there. Oh, but yes. First, we were like, how are we going to do this? And it was... 
um, really nice because the architect when we work, she, uh, he wanna working with us, she said, oh, just do that on the computer. I've no idea how to do that on the computer. <laughs> I don't even know how it's gonna look like. So between Julia, um, which is more like doing the production, is more at ease than me in 3D. So between the three of us, we created like this maquette and we actually played to create this, uh, this uh, model and like it was like oh yeah let's play like almost like we were playing lego so creating Amazing. this yeah. model and then i put all of the pattern on it and we had, we had literally i mean we put mirror <laughs> but we couldn't obviously really see how it's going to look like but when we open when they open i remember it was like 600 people came as the opening and i was like really tired but some people came to me say oh it's gonna be yeah, yeah. i feel like I'm a, I'm a child again and i start crying because it was actually oh. what i wanted and they were oh, oh, sorry nice. sorry i didn't mean to upset you and we're like no it's a bad thing you could have said but, uh, <laughs> so that was yeah it was that was an amazing achievement it was an amazing thing too yeah. actually that's what i got as, out well, of people. i guess that's what you're trying to achieve it's like having someone laughing in the martin park yeah. wishing somebody felt like a child again yeah in show. it's great and you talked about the fun fair there's like a literally a kind of hall of mirrors in that was yeah, it was, yeah. Was, i was telling them i said i want to do a wall of mirror because i just love the I've got the feeling of going the wall of mirror when I was a child and going like yeah, hysterical mm, like, ah, and that's how I felt when I saw Bridget Riley exhibition it was the same kind of like yeah. excitement when you can't really contain yourself and it was yeah that was it nice uh, to, to replicate that in an art gallery mm. I think and um, so with the Walala Lounge at the London Design Festival um, you followed the blueprint of the Memphis movement by reinventing like the boring public branch. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about this project? Um, so that was yeah. So maybe it was like ten months ago. So we had um, a phone call from Grosvenor. So they kind of like own the street, like um, South Moulton Street. So it's like a pedestrian street, like off Oxford Street, and it's quite like quite well-known street. Um, yeah, it's got like few. I mean, I used to go there. Maybe I think. Like this really nice fashion shop there, and like I don't know, it used to be quite more popular. But I think they wanted to say, Oh, we, we, we've seen your zebra crossing before, we see the facade you, you've done. Do you think you could do something like this? So we want to attract people <laughs> in the street. And I think by going there, we just went there with Julia and we keep on walking up and down in the street. It's always how we kind of work, like by going to the place mm. and just really um, feeling, feeling what we could do. And it was like always. The reaction was like, I've seen the, I can't remember the, the name, but in South Bank, they've got like this fluorescent red bench. Have you seen them I recently? Mm -hmm. Amazing, you know I the have, one? yeah, yeah. And it's really nice, like it's like a... Uh, They're kind of flowing, aren't they? Yeah, they, so yeah. it's like a design studio. They kind of like use a classic bench, but they replay the shape. So they Amazing. create like a really round shape and yeah. they're all like fluorescent red. And I just thought that's such a good idea to actually create public bench, mm. but with a bit of element of like playfulness. So that was, and I thought I'd love to do that eventually. And so when we were in the street, it was, no, even though if it was a pedestrian street, it was no uh, public bench. And so I thought that would be an amazing opportunity to create something where um, you just like create like bench all along the street and people will hopefully just kind of almost like a, a game where you kind of go and check the first one and say, oh, you see another one. So like they did zigzag at the end, they didn't realize but zigzag and they go at the end of the, <laughs> from the top to the bottom of the street. Um, but that was, yeah, that was a starting point, but they were really great because they said, do whatever you want. Um, so we went back to the studio, I was a bit nervous, I'm always a bit like nervous about how to do it. I remember Julia was like, okay, what you should do, and it was nice, like actually do your collage like you normally do, like not thinking too much. So I just cut a lot of like shapes, um, and it was like, yeah, it was a really good advice because I just created all these shapes of like basic geometry, um, and then just thinking, okay, that could be a bench, so I just did a lot of like kids collage almost and then from that we um i work with iwana with with more like a 3d architect model um and so yeah we play with the volume and we extract the shapes and like 
did something quite playful in like almost mm. like a child like mm. playground and um and kind of have this, i've got this kind of like black line that i use everywhere so i just wanted to kind of carry on the style that i've got but a bit more like bringing that to the 3d yeah element. it kind mm. of ca came to life you've got <coughs> sort of cylinders and yeah yeah stunning stunning work we'll put some on, on the website so that our, our listeners can hear and i love the flags are in in that as well yeah. across the the street high up they're beautiful thank you yeah, it was like, nice. It's just like, again, it was. I remember we put these pictures and there were like so many people loved that photo because it was just actually yeah, a yeah. takeover of the street but like bringing a bit of like colourful flat. Uh, All streets should be like that. I think yeah. the streets are so... Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's Bland. more and more actually. It's more and more, yeah. I think um, the world could definitely benefit from public spaces being a bit more like that. Yeah, it's Is getting that, there. What else would you like to transform? Ooh, so many things. Um, I just love. I'm a still get one of my big dream job. I guess will be like to work in a council estate and I'm just like mm. kind of like re give a bit more life and love to some really horrible buildings. Absolutely, um, well, I grew up in a council estate, so I'd absolutely welcome. Yeah, that. I, and I, I um, there was a architecture award this year went to a council estate in Norwich, which is really beautiful. Okay. Reimagining the way that those spaces can be and how they don't have to be uh, sort of heavy, depressing places for that's people good. that live there, that they can be a joyful community space. Yeah. So that's I'm, great. I'm really interested in the way cities are planned to help the citizens feel happy and things like this as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think this, I think that, yeah, it's amazing they're finally, yeah, taking that in consideration. And it doesn't take much as well. Like, you know, you don't just bring in a bit of like even colors could just bring a bit more joy to Absolutely. people. My, my friends actually, uh, my friend Dave is a, is in charge of the arts for Camden Council. So maybe okay. I could oh, yeah. see if That'd I be can, nice. he would go nuts huh. with us, so. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. I think that's, and also recently is like, also maybe work with like, we starting to work with like um, homeless um, charity. And I think mm. doing a homeless shelter, I think that's what I like to push yeah. as well. Doing something more. I saw the, the, the billboards recently. That's yeah. another thing that's like super close to my heart. It's yeah, like same. I just don't think that, especially in societies like ours, that anybody should be homeless really you need to find a better solution I know. even for people that aren't that want to live alternatively that don't can't face the pressure of paying bills and paying rent there should be a safe Still. space for them to live where they're not you know sleeping through all weather and you know any, anyway yeah it's definitely especially so many buildings like empty as well yeah. like, i don't understand like surely it's yeah. like way where we could make that all work you know like it doesn't have to be absolutely selfish. we could it's yeah yeah it's we a, get there it's yeah well, okay, i don't we'll think we'll go. solve it i don't yeah, think we'll yeah. solve it today, today. <laughs> um you've mentioned um julia yeah. quite a few times yeah. today um can you tell us about your relationship and how you work together um so i met julia like four years ago so when we um i think it's four years ago yeah a bit more now than four years ago when i did the building in old street so um, I got this opportunity to paint this building, but I was like no much budget, so I had to find like a volunteer to paint. And um, so I put like an ad on Instagram and I think on Facebook at the time, and like 60 or 80 people replied, which I was like, oh, how do I choose? <laughs> <laughs> and I like, actually don't know how to choose. And it was like this kind of crazy job where we did it without thinking, asking the council. We just like, no, no one knew what how to do it, yeah, but we just, just made yeah. it work, which was great. But, um, and um, so out of the 60, 80 people, I think Julia was one of the, you have to pick up people by email, and I don't know, I just had a really good feeling about yeah. this email. And so Julia came and it was like six of us, or oh, no, it was eight of us, I chose like seven people or eight. And uh, so we work all week, and the only thing I did as the landlord, 
So okay, we can't really pay people, but can we have a little have lunch and maybe have Prosecco every night? <laughs> and uh, I think me and Julia, I think like, we just pop the Prosecco at 5 p.m. and everyone had a drink and, and everyone wanted to, we're ready to go home. But me and Julia say, does anyone want another drink? And I think we actually started to get on with because we just did carry on drinking a bit more than the, than the one bottle. And I think after, since that, we've just been working constantly yeah. together. But at the beginning, like it was... Julia helped me to some project, but it was like kind of volunteer volunteering yeah, because I didn't. Uh, yeah, we was not getting much paid at the time, but like eventually, like roles be- become bigger. And yeah. Now it's nice because we all we got two different kind of roles. So like, I'm doing more like the creative, and Julia is more like doing production and creativity and just yeah. working. Now is we're working with quite a bit of team as well. Like it's like yeah. depending on the project, we've got like mm-hmm. different people coming in and out, but we can have the, like the base of the studio, which is really nice. So I see and on both of your social media, you're, you kind of are traveling a lot and yeah. spending a lot of time together. I love the video of you both in the car, sort of, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. Um, um, so we loved your Walala Pump project in Arkansas yeah. um, that you've done recently. Yeah. Um, how did this come about? Um, so that's this girl I've been following actually for a long time on on, uh, on social media called Charlotte Dutrois and she's got like she works with a lot of like street artists and mm-hmm. and do like street festivals so she does some in um, she does some in LA no Las Vegas I think and this one is like in Arkansas it's kind of in the middle of nowhere mm. it's, um, so it's like using uh, taking like different space and kind of like retransform them or they do a bit of like ex- exhibition or or it was. I don't know, it's like a, f- a small festival and um, and she just emailed me and said, oh, I've got the per- and we've been in contact for a little while, but it never quite worked. But she said, I've got the perfect uh, canvas for you. And you were like, this kind of like 70s old uh, petrol station. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. That's so good. And I was, um, so she sent me all of the plan and design and we worked here like oh, in 3D again with the architect to right. give her like uh, the full treatment. And I quite liked, I um, mean, was quite nervous. We, it was, I mean, the design is actually quite simple. I just was thinking, I don't want to go too much into the details because mm. it looks quite, uh, the building is actually quite falling apart. So I just wanted to have the people having the over, overview. So like the design is quite bold and quite simple, but I think on the over, the over, I said, the big pictures, yeah. it's yeah. going to be really nice. So we're waiting for the picture to come like at the end of the... M- oh, so you're waiting for yeah. the photographs Yeah, because I think it's going to be some good drone and like... Yeah, yeah I saw the drone pulling out and moving back in again. Is that what that shot uh, was? You, where you're oh, yeah, no, this guy, I don't know what he did. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. wasn't the drone, it's oh, just okay. a normal new <laughs> iPhone. Yeah, like, He's wow. very steady with the way he steps Yeah, I don't actually know how he did that. I think he got this new <laughs> iPhone and I want that. It's a great place. The shapes, the columns, the yeah. it's a kind of it's a perfect sort of space for you to. I know. So yeah, it's, that's the thing. I get really excited when I find the kind of like the good uh, canvas, and usually like in three D or like building or, or yet anything three D. Um, what was the Deep South like? My partner's actually from Texas. So, she, yeah. I think Texas. I think Arkansas was. It was quite interesting. I mean, Julia could tell you better than me, but it's kind of the. What is it, Julia? <laughs> the historic part of the Arkansas. It was the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Hello. Um, it was the last um, town. So basically where, where Fort Smith was, it was on the border of Oklahoma. So you crossed the river and you were in Oklahoma and Oklahoma was the Wild West. Mm. So that's where like Billy the Kid, the Dalton. Yeah. Amazing. And Jesse James, they all lived in Fort right. Smith. So they were just telling us, and they were like, oh, this town had like nine brothels. And it was just a bit like, it was kind of mad. Like, it just, it felt like that Part was of history. The, yeah, part of like history of America. Yeah. So it was kind of nice. And the buildings were all original. 
from like where what was the date? It's like early 1800s. Wow, yeah. okay. So yeah. proper early yeah. Yeah. architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, and you don't, yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun, wasn't it? And the people like, there's such a strong accent. We, it was a bit of like a lack of accent. Yeah. Lost, in, <laughs> yeah. lost in translation. was like, oh, I don't know, not even that. But we couldn't really... I kept watching you because I was just like, okay, <laughs> 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 what? And then I don't think they could understand you. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any Cajun food or anything like that when you are out there? Oh, yeah, we had Any gumbo or... What is it we had? I mean, the plate was enormous. We we went to because we there was a southern restaurant uh, like a uh, from Louisiana style yeah mm. okay so we had like uh, gumbo gumbo yeah, yeah, yeah I've had yeah. a lot of gumbo um, and then we went to like a proper American restaurant and it was like have to fries with caramel yeah. oh, okay. caramel. that was the best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay but you know you're really like this is really not wrong. <laughs> is it always like a sweet sweet no sweet potatoes fries sweet potatoes. with oh, like right. a fudge on top and bacon on top I mean, that, that does sound caramelized good caramelised bacon <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with caramel with extra sauce on the side it was just mm, intense and like, yeah. yeah and then go back to work you're like feeling <laughs> the sleep around yeah. So we always have some quick fire questions oh, yeah. at the end. <coughs> um, so yeah, we'll just go yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so where is your favourite place in the world? Ooh. Um... I don't know. Like I've been to Mexico recently, and I just really I get really excited when I, I went to Mexico once, and I really want to go back again. Mm. I think in terms of like color and like um, I love the Mexico City. I think that it's just like the the architecture and the food and the colors that is all combined together like make me really excited. So I think at the moment, I think it might be okay. the one. Amazing. Yeah. Um, which building would you most like to to paint? Hmm. I used to say Barbican and say, how dare, you know, like to change yeah. the positive brutalism. That would be great, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, actually, now it's like actually such, I mean, I love some brutalist uh, yeah. building, but some of them, I think, is no way you can touch. I mean, obviously, I don't know, I think it's like a mix of like touching the, I don't know, it's like sometimes I love them, but I think some of them will do yeah. with a little bit of colours. Um, like what they've done with the stairwells in the South Bank, some of those stairwells where they painted them just yellow or mm. oh, yeah, the red, yeah, yeah, exactly. which is quite nice. It yeah. brings them out of the sort of greyness. Yeah, I think exactly. Maybe if you mix them a little bit, that would be great. But I don't really have one. Ex- I, I think have we should speak mind. to Donald Trump and see if we can get you to do <laughs> yeah. the White House. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> While they're in the White House. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's Which idea do you wish you'd thought of? Oh, yeah, I thought that question. I still actually can't answer that one. I think it's not like a. Not, I would have loved to. I would have loved to invent the hammock. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I just also thought, thought like, this guy must be pretty cool. Like someone yeah. invents the hammock. Yeah. Like, I want to be his friend. Like, yeah. I think that, I don't know. It's quite simple, but it's like wow. It's just like the way you trying to be relaxed and. But it's the intention, the isn't it? Yeah. I want yeah. to stare up at the sky, look yeah. through a canopy of trees, and, yeah, just, and just lounge here in the sun. Almost That's like it's cocoon, or cook, I mean, I don't know, like yeah. so comfortable. Yeah. Mm. Just for one, I think. You don't want to be having anyone no. in the hammock, but yeah. uh, it's a single, single pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your karaoke go-to song? I don't actually have one. I bloody hate karaoke. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, you're the first person. I really do. That's, that's, oh, that's a great answer. Oh, it's just because it's just like when you go in and you can hear drunk people with a really high-pitched voice. I'm like, <laughs> can't stand it. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. What about the songs that you would sing at home then? Maybe or? I'm quite. Unfair. Maybe I'm a frustrated singer. Maybe I wish I could just express. Uh, I don't actually sing. It's a bit sad, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm, I might have been frustrated. I might have a bit of a. Yeah. I don't know, like the traumatizing childhood experience when someone saw me singing in front of the mirror with my 
with my fake microphone. <laughs> we've been there's certain answers we've been waiting for from some people, and, and most people have a, like a, a, song. a karaoke. So that's great. It's yeah. great that they're. Yeah. We've been waiting for some people. Yeah, yeah that, definitely. That, that don't. Don't have song. No. So you. So if, if it's late at night and somebody and everyone's drunk and no. someone says let's go do karaoke, you're like, oh god. Yeah, yeah, no way. I mean that. To be fair, I'm, thanks God, I don't have many friends who want to do karaoke. I don't yeah. think I've got any, actually. Okay. The only thing that almost happened, and I think I could have done that one, is that we went to Japan, and it was Julia's birthday, and okay. we got so drunk. And like, I don't know if it was Prosecco, but we shouldn't have <laughs> drank that. But, whew, well, like, we don't even remember the end of the night, but it was just... Uh, and but I did say no to karaoke as well. I should have said yes then, because that would have been pretty amazing. Bit, yeah. um, so, which person, either dead or alive, would you have over for dinner? Ooh. Uh... Kisaring, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think that would be. And what? Yeah. Just what, what would you eat? Huh? Sorry, what would you eat? Oh. Or what would you <laughs> cook? What would you cook? For I'm them? cooking for him. Okay. Um, I'm doing. I've got like really comfort food. Like it's quite disgusting, but that would. I. I. My. When I used to live with my friend, I mean, she used to say when we were hungover, I'd say, "Oh, I love is like pasta with butter and ketchup, and you put cheese on it, and you kind of put it in the microwave." Like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and actually, I tried. And I was obsessed. I was having that all the time for ages. But except her, she was melting a microwave. Uh, she, she was melting a cheese in the microwave where I was like next level. I was grilling it under yeah. the under the grill in the, in the <laughs> oven. I don't know if I will invite Kisaring with my pasta, but that's maybe not the right. He's probably never had it before. <laughs> yeah. um, have you ever seen a ghost? Hmm, no, I don't think so. Let me think. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think you'd remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes. Well, you'd, you'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the minute, yeah. <coughs> yeah. yeah. There, was a there was a child in, like, a white dress <laughs> yeah. at ghost? the end of Have my... Have you seen a ghost? I, that, that's the first time yeah. it's been asked back. Actually, when I was a kid, I lived in Portsmouth with my brother and my mum. And we, the house we lived in backed onto a graveyard. And I remember, we were really young though, that we used to climb the wall and hang out in the graveyard, which is quite a weird thing to do. And I remember <laughs> either we saw something or we felt something. You know, it was probably just mass hysteria. Yeah. But I just remember feeling this <gasps> oh. thing behind us and just running back over the wall <laughs> and back into the house. We didn't really play in the graveyard yeah, much after, after that. that. But I must, I must have been like five or something. Oh, wow. so my brother all of you, really, all everyone saw it? Or it was like, just me and my brother. Oh, so. Neither of us are reliable witnesses in yeah. that. So quite, quite a few friends told me they want to see ghosts. I used to kind of like play with my cousin. You know when you put the letters and you got a glass in there? Mm -hmm. you know yeah, that? a Ouija board. Yeah. Is that what it is? I, I used <laughs> yeah. to be obsessed. I used to do that all the time. And then, yeah, and it was at some point, like me and my friend, she introduced me to that, to that and, and we were speaking to Saturn. But you know, they go like, <laughs> so like, they go say, who are you? And they go to the S and the A and the yeah. T. And, Ooh, and they say Saturn. And, and they were like, and we like my friend said, "Do you like us?" And you know, and he liked my friend, but he didn't like me. And I got really scared. <laughs> Saturn doesn't like me. Shit, I'm in trouble. But, Did it move on its own? Or yeah, but I mean, not the, you got your fingers. But at yeah. some point, the glass we was moving in circle. But really, it was almost like it was weird because it was moving really fast, and it's almost. I didn't push the, you know, I, it yeah. was, you, you, I feel like I could have almost lost the, the glass, so wow. was a bit, yeah, a bit wow. scary. So I guess it was hmm. kind of like ghosts or Saturn, I don't know, yeah. someone a, there. Ouija board stories is the first. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're going to have to re-ask the question about how you ever used a Ouija board. <laughs> have you ever spoken to Satan? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so the final question is, can art save the world? Uh, I think, s probably. I think, I mean, I don't know, I just think like, without putting too much pressure on the art, but I think it's just... Uh, 
sometimes kind of like give it, I don't know, I want to try to say something really meaningful and deep, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't really know what I'm saying. I don't know, I think, yeah, I think just by doing some kind of like, for me, for example, like I just, I just, I just want to help, not help people, but you know when you find something you're really good at and I think you just want to just like bring it to the community and it's like, it doesn't have to kind of affect many people's lives, but if everyone did the, a bit of like, positive things, mm -hmm. usually mm. by being creative, because I think everyone is creative in a certain way, but I think it's just like, if you do your little part of creativity to kind of like bring a bit of joy to people's life, I guess. I don't know if that's the right I answer. think you've already done, already done that. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. With the people. But I think if everyone did a bit of like, I don't know. Yeah. I think if it depends how art is done, but I think people, if you react emotionally to something, could be good use to, I don't know. I'm <laughs> Sorry, could we do that again or, or not? No, I think you, you've already talked about the people that came up to you and said they felt like a child again, or the fact that you tried yeah. to make people smile in the morning. Mm. So, in many respects, you have changed people as well, as even if, if it's temporarily. Yeah, even for five minutes, sometimes it's just nice. And sometimes mm. that's all people need. If you're having mm. a bad day and you see something beautiful in the street, it can actually. Yeah. I was really hungover actually on the on Southwark. Is that where you're? Um, the rock crossing, yeah. 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 And I stayed in the hotel and I didn't know it was there and I had quite a bad hangover and I was uh -huh. walking down the street and then I, <coughs> I saw it. It kind of brightened my day up, also hurt my head a bit because uh -huh, I was yeah, trying yeah, to take it all in. But oh, that's <laughs> that, nice. was, that was like a surprise. It kind of changed the, the direction of my day. So. I think the unexpected things, I think it was a public art thing I really like. It's like this, uh, uh, is one of my big heroes actually. That's another one I would love, love for dinner. It's like uh, Carlos Cruz Diaz. I don't know if you know him, he's from Venezuela. He's just 19 now. But he's, I love the way he mix art and architecture mm -hmm. and kind of combine them together. And he used to kind of like do this. He was one of the first ones doing zebra crossing, but like kind of optical art on this, on the, in Venezuela. And what he loved is that he just did like the, the, the not permanent. So he kind of used to kind of bring this kind of element in the city where like just semi-permanent. So like bring people a bit of like excitement or like discovering something. And it's not like the, you know, when we say we look, we look at something the first time and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of moving his art like in different part of the, of the town, so it was like not very there for long, which I kind of like as well. Amazing, yeah, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for <laughs> no, sharing your story and your thank ideas you. with us. <laughs> thank you. Thanks to Tomino for the theme music, our families for supporting us on this journey, and most importantly, you, the listeners, for tuning in and following our ventures with no ideas. Follow us on Instagram and like and subscribe on iTunes and leave us a comment if you can, but only nice ones. Check out our website, noideaspodcast.co.uk for the extra bits to accompany the shows. We'll be back next month with more ideas. Bye.